This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi everyone, welcome to Tia and Tehillim. I'm excited today to be sharing with you chapter 67, Perek Samach Zayin, Li'iloi Nishmas Yotol Bas Reb Nachum, whose upcoming yard site is very soon. May her neshama have an aliyah, and may we all gain tremendously from the wisdom and insight that we're going to see here in Tehillim. Okay, so this is a parak that we actually say during Sefirah Sa'omer. When we're counting the Omer, if you look in the Siddur, um, there is, I'm sure you've noticed, a parak. After we count, we say a parak of Tehillim. Many of us say this parak of Tehillim after we count. So, what, you know, this was just curious to me. Like, what is the connection between this parak of Tehillim and Sefirah Sa'omer, Shavuos? What's the connection? So I thought it would be a nice time to look into this further and bring out the messages from this parak so that we could incorporate them into improving our life as we head towards Kabbalah Satora. Okay, so as an overview, briefly, this parak is about the future. It's a, talking about the Messianic era, and it's saying that when Mashiach comes, we're going to enjoy the following. Okay, we're going to have a lot of clarity. Okay, now we're confused with a lot of decisions. We often bump into doubt and confusion, and in the time of Mashiach, we're going to know what the right thing is to do. We're going to enjoy abundance, we're going to have peace, and all the nations of the world are going to unite under the service of Hashem. So now, this is beautiful, awesome. My question is, what is the connection between all of these goodies that are going to happen in the time of Mashiach and Sefirah Sa'omer, right? Why do we say this parak when we're counting Sefirah? So what I did see very clearly is that there are actually 49 words, okay, 49 words in the body of this parak and seven psukim. So that's definitely a connection to Sefirah Sa'omer, but that can't be the only reason, right? So what's the reason? So number one, the reason that I saw is that living by the Torah, living by the values of the Torah um, is what is going to make us worthy of enjoying all of these good things when Mashiach comes, and even now, I want to add, you know, we don't have to feel like, well, all these good things are only reserved for the time of Mashiach. In fact, when you bring Hashem into your life, even in the Golas, you also attract all these great things. So as we're going through the parak, just keep that in mind. It's not only talking about some later time that hopefully we'll live to see. It's also talking about now that when you're, when Hashem is in your life and you're constantly connecting with Him by asking and receiving and noticing and asking and receiving and noticing His hands in your life, you could also achieve all of these blessings. Okay? So that's, you will achieve all these blessings. So that's number one. Okay? So that's the connection here that the Torah is what makes us worthy of getting everything that we're going to be reading about in this parak. So it's kind of like getting us excited for making ourselves into, you know, the best people we could be to be Makabala Torah because because this is what you're going to get when you're really Makabala Torah, okay? Now, the second idea is something that I'm noticing. I'm looking in the parak. I'm looking, you know, I'm seeing a theme come out. And what's the theme that I'm seeing? I'm noticing that every pasuk in this parak is oozing a sense of confident humility. Now, confident humility is the mindset, is the perspective that we need is the self-image that we must have in order to be able to really accept the Torah, to live, you know, as women, we don't learn the Torah, but we embody the values of the Torah, we embody the Torah, and to really be able to do that and to live our most productive 
lives, uh, accomplishing as much as we can, we really need to have this mindset of confidence and humility. Now, why is it so important? I'm going to explain to you now why this is such an important mindset and exactly what this mindset looks like, exactly what it is in real terms. So just to give you an example, um, you know, very often I have people coaching clients that have seen success working with me and they'll say, could you please just coach my spouse or my child or my parent or, you know, they'll try to get somebody else who's not really interested in coaching. They'll try to get them to come to me. And I, and I say like, you know, let's beware because not everybody is a candidate for coaching, right? I don't know if I tell this to them straight, but I'm telling all of you that who's a candidate for therapy, coaching, uh, being impacted by outside knowledge, reading books, being impacted and inspired by Shiorim, like who's a candidate to really be able to be Macabal and accept outside knowledge and have it penetrate them and help them become a better person? It's the person who it's not, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not the people who think they're perfect. Most often the reason they you know, they seem to think they're perfect is because under, underneath they have a sense of inadequacy and they feel low about themselves. So they feel too low to be able to admit that they have further growth to do, right? That's not a person, you know, when a person is in that state of mind at that point, they're not ready to be macabre the Torah, right? They're not ready to be able to accept things to help them. So, you know, what is required, right? What is required for us to be able to be affected positively by the giving of the Torah and by any Torah that we try to learn? And you're all big Torah learners. You all hear on Torah anytime. I'm sure that there's no end. There's no limit to what you're listening to and working on at any given time. So let's learn what our self-image needs to look like. Self-image is the foundation of everything, what I notice from my own life and from the life of people I coach, it all starts out with how I feel about myself. The people who are having good, easy, prosperous lives feel worthy of that. They feel comfortable in their own skin. They're in a good place, right? And the people who are suffering, it's so clear, right? They're, they themselves are not feeling good about who they are and they're not in the proper mindset. They're not where they need to be in terms of how they view themselves in the world. Okay, so this is why I'm so passionate about this topic. And I'm excited to see that it's really like embedded, this topic of being this this mindset that we need to have, this self-image that we need to uphold is in every single Pasuk here in this Perak. So before we start getting into the words of the Perak, I want to just understand this idea a little bit better. What is confident humility? And that's what I like to call it, confident humility, because a lot of us grew up thinking that humility is about pushing ourselves down and not really owning our value. And really, <laughs> it's so ironic because owning our value, recognizing who we are, and rec- you know, being in touch with our worth is really the foundation of humility. Okay, that's why I like to call it confident humility, because I feel like we got confused on the way, and now we need to, we need to recenter ourselves with what humility is really all about. Um, so let's look at, you know, when we look at the way Hashem gave the Torah, the place where He gave the Torah, we can learn a lot about what humility is. 
So first of all, the Torah was given in a desert. It says, Vayachanu Bamidbar, the Mepharshim explained that the Torah was specifically given in a desert to teach us that we need to be humble. What's humble about a desert? Well, bring in any of the, you know, Instagram decorators to come into the desert and try to spruce the place up. And uh, what's the budget going to be? There is no budget. It's endless. There's no limit to how much beautifying that desert needs in order to be to look presentable. It's barren. There's nothing there. And the potential is endless, right? The, think about the, all the tile floors that could be put down and the furniture that could be put in, right? And the fixtures, the light fixtures. We could hang lanterns from the cactuses, right? There could be so much. It's endless, right? And in, the, in a similar vein, we have to view ourselves as that, like, that blank canvas, that we there's an endless amount of work to be done in this world. There's an endless amount of working on ourselves and improving and growing that we were put here with a you know to, in order to accomplish. We were tasked with the responsibility to constantly be growing and becoming better people. Okay, so that's the piece of humility that we see from where Hashem gave the Torah. And there's another piece of humility that we see, right? At the same time that we're constantly growing and striving, it can't come from a place of feeling negative about ourselves. The foundation of the humility is that the Torah was given on a mountain. It wasn't given on a valley. It wasn't given on a flat plain. It was given on a mountain, right? So we have to feel like mountains. We have to know that we are strong and we are capable and we have infinite value and preciousness that's inherently who we are because we are at Salam Elohim and we are, our essence is a part of Hashem. That's who we are. And if we don't recognize that, that's it. Like, there's no humility. There's no humility. It, it, it's self-deprecation, right? If we're only looking at the fact that we constantly need to be working on ourselves, but we don't have that core foundation of, like, I am valuable, I am worthy, and I am precious just by existing, because the creator of the world decided I need to be here. If we don't have that down, then that's that's it. Like, we're, we're nothing, right? Then, 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 then we can't accomplish anything in this world. We're not... We're not a clee to be Makabala Torah, and we're not able to grow and become the people that we really are meant to be, okay, and to fulfill our potential. So, okay, having the appropriate self-image, right, as we see from where the Torah was given, is that we have to view ourselves as infinitely valuable and capable human beings who have been gifted, right? It, that's the key. How do we protect ourselves from gaiva? We view it all as a gift, we have to see that everything we have in our life, everything that we were given, our life itself is all a tremendous gift that we didn't really do anything to deserve. And that we were also tasked with the responsibility to constantly grow and work on ourselves and improve. And that is humility in a nutshell. Knowing my value, owning it, it's there. So chaval not to own it, right? Because it's there anyways, whether you notice it or not. Owning my worth Carrying myself in that way with that constantly being centered around the knowledge of who I am, of my greatness. I'm a mountain, right? I'm, I'm a, I'm a gvir. I'm a somebody. I'm not no, I'm not nothing. I'm, I'm endlessly valuable, right? So knowing that and then also at the same time having the perspective that everything I have in my life, all this value that I have is a free gift from Hashem and He gave it to me so that I could be able to have all the skills and abilities 
that I need to become the best person I can and to be Mekadeshim Shemayim here in this world. Okay, so that's the perspective that we need to have, and we're going to see that here in the Perak. We're going to see it, and we are also going to learn a tool of how to really, you know, take, do something small. I'm going to give you something small to do every day that's going to really help you get in touch with this idea and live by it and internalize it so that your life could improve and your circumstances could improve and you could be free to become your best self and to really live by the Torah in the best way. Okay, so, Perek Samach Zayin, Pasuk Aleph, Lam Natseach Ben Ginos Mizmar Shir. So we're starting off talking about Naginos. Interesting, it's during Svira, but we're talking about instruments. We should say Lam Natseach Ba Acapella Mizmar Shir. Um, but yeah, music, as we spoke about before, has a tremendous ability to completely shift our mood in seconds. And when we, if we're going to be open to this information, we got to be in a good state. We have to have good vibes. Okay. Pasuk Beis. Elokim yachanenu vivachenu. Here we're saying that in the time of Mashiach, and like I said, it's not just in the time of Mashiach, it's now, right? We can be zochet to this now for living with Hashem in our life and we're devoted to Him and to seeing Him in, in our life. Yachanenu. It's, it's like from the word atachonin la'adam das. It's talking about giving us knowledge. You're going to give us, please give us knowledge. Give us direction. I heard somebody say that, a very wise person once told me that um, the opposite of sadness is not happiness. The opposite of sadness is clarity. We're, there's so much lack of clarity in this world. We're, we're so often bogged down by decisions. Which one, what do I, which decision do I make? Where do I turn? What's the right answer? And this creates a lot of angst inside of us. And it's, it's a painful feeling to be in a lack of clarity. So we're asking for clarity. Show us, right? We're saying, Yechanenu. We're not asking for it even more than we're being certain that he's going to give it to us. Right? We're saying he's going to be giving us clarity in terms of, you know, what we need to do in our life. And not just clarity, but what else do we need besides clarity? We need vivarchenu. And he should send us the blessing, send us the resources, right? We might have clarity on what one of our children needs to thrive, but we need the money, we need the therapist or the, you know, the institution or the whatever it is. We need all the things to come into our life to help us. Person might know that they want to get married. They may know what type of person they want to marry. They need the person to come into their life to marry, right? So we need both. Um, so really here we're already talking about, we're already showing this concept of humility. Yechanenu vivachenu, right? We're saying, Hashem, I am open to your guidance. I don't claim to know anything. I don't claim to be, you know, self-sufficient. I need you to guide me, to give me the knowledge, the support, the resources, everything that I need to get me to where I want to go in life. Okay, so that that's you know that openness is right here off the bat. Okay, next pasuk. Show us in the land your ways. Show us down here why you're doing. So Rav Hirsch says there's two things that need to be shown to us. Number one, why are you doing what you're doing? Right? There's so many things that go on in our life. If we only knew the good reason why it was happening, it would be so much easier to 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 stomach it, right? So show us, you know, and the end of the days, he's he's saying, you know, the, the Pasuk is saying, we're going to have this knowledge. We're going to know why we have to go through certain challenges. And also, Rav Hirsch says, please show us what direction, like we said with Yochanenu, show us what direction you want us to take. So these are the two things that we need him to give us knowledge on. B'chol gayim Yeshua secha. Your Yeshua, your, your salvation your um your deliverance 
will be among all the nations. Okay, so here, um, and I, I heard somebody talking about this recently, a speaker was talking about this, and it really resonated with me. You know, we have this feeling, a lot of us grew up with this feeling of exclusivity, that like somehow, you know, Hashem is only our God, and, you know, He's only He's only concerned with us, and only we have permission to consider Him us, to consider Him our God. And really the truth is that it says here, Hashem's interest, Bechol Gayim, his interest is not confined, his concern is not confined only to us Jews. He's concerned with the welfare of all people. And in fact, one of the reasons we were put into Gullus to begin with is so that we could expose the nations of the world to the teachings of the Torah. So they could also experience the Yeshua when Mashiach comes. They could also be Zoha. They could also merit to have good things. So we have to realize, right? And then the next pasuk also it says, "Yoducha amim melokim, yoducha amim kulam." That when Mashiach comes, all of the nations of the world are going to recognize Hashem. They're going to crown Him as King over themselves, and they're going to become, you know, people who are fearing Hashem. So we have to realize here that the more Gaim who recognize and serve Hashem, the better the world is going to be. We want the whole world to come to to build a close relationship with Hashem, because then there'll be peace, and the rule, the world will be governed justly, right? So this is something that we really want and we have to realize that yes, of course we're the chosen nation and we were the ones who were makabal the Torah and we have a special bond with Hashem but at the same time we don't own Hashem and um, he loves all of his people and Gayim also have a Tzalem Elokim and they also have a Neshama with a special connection and they also get Hashkacha Pratis and they could also dive into him and see his hand in their life. So we have to, you know, we have to keep and I think this is another you know, this is another piece of humility also. It's not just about me, right? We're not meant to walk around with this, like, holier-than-thou mentality of, like, I'm the one, right? I could forgive others, too. I, I care about the welfare of the world. I care about Hashem's kavod. Uh, I, I want Him to be honored by all the nations of the world, right? It's it's stepping back from just me, me, me. And, you know, and 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 wanting good for everybody around me as well. Yismechu v'yiranenu le'umim. Okay, so we're saying the Lu'umim are the heads of state, the heads of, the, like, the government. At the end of days, they're going to be happy. Why? Because because Hashem's going to come in and be the judge of the land, and Hashem's going to do it justly. He's going to do it properly. I remember in fifth grade, uh, we had color war. I'll never forget this. And, like, my entire class, like, 32 girls came to my house. The teacher decided that you should all go to Yal's house to practice the song for color war. So what happened? It must have been, there was, you know, 30 girls in my house, and do you think anyone practiced any color war songs or speeches or whatever it is we were supposed to prepare? There was chaos, right? My house was flying, girls were running all over the place, nobody was able, the captains of color war couldn't control a thing, right? And so what, you know, what happened? Of course, somebody got up and said, I'm calling the teacher! Um, okay, it didn't help as much as we would have liked, but imagine if the teacher would have walked into the room, right? The teacher would have come in, all of a sudden everyone would have been like soldiers, in line, standing perfectly, behaving, singing, doing whatever they were supposed to do. Um, Lahavdil, right? At the end of the time, Hashem's gonna come in and stop the chaos, right? All the, all the crazy stuff going on in the world is gonna come to an end, and Hashem is gonna be the, the the king of all and even the heads of the state who maybe they were so happy enjoying the power that they had they're going to be relieved right they're going to be relieved that things are finally being you know settling down and there's finally you know a balanced justice system okay eretz nasna we're going to skip the next pasuk eretz nasna yevula 
the land at the time Mashiach is going to give plenty of produce. Yevarchenu, Elokim, Elokeinu. Hashem is going to bless us. Now, um, it's interesting, and I, I just want to repeat, right, we're also going to have abundance now, in this state where we're in right now in our life, as long as we open ourselves up to adopting this same humble mindset of Hashem, lead me, give me, send me, right? I'm relying on you. When we rely on Hashem, who could do anything, there's no limit to what He will bring us. So we can have this here, right now, okay? When you're in our world, when you're, when you're in a place of trust, you attract all these good blessings into your life. So, you know, but here, you know, we're talking about the fact also, we have to see the words, Yivarcheinu, Elokim, Elokeinu. We're saying again, Yivarcheinu, Elokim, that Hashem is going to bless us. We're not saying, right, please bless us. Every time we're asking for blessing in this parak, we're saying it with a certainty. Like, Hashem is going to bless us. I know He is going to bless us. Yivarcheinu, He will, right? And this is another piece of humility, this is really the piece that's really the foundation of it all. This idea that I am beloved by Hashem. I am worthy. He put me here. He loves me. And therefore, I know that He's going to take care of me, that He wants to do my will, just like a loving parent wants to bring their child everything that the child wants, right? Sometimes when something's not good for the child, we have to give it to them a little differently. But we want to accommodate the needs of our children who we love in the same vein. We're saying here in this parak, Yivarchenu, He will bless us. As a matter of fact, Chazal say that Hashem told this parak over to Moshe and then to David. This parak came directly from Hashem. And Hashem is the one telling us, this should be your mindset. Yivarchenu, I'm going to bless you. You could trust that. You could know that. Expect good things. Pitachon is about expecting good things from Him, not expecting to be a victim and being okay with it. You know, and oh, I have Bitachon because I'm okay with being a victim. No. Expect the best. Okay? And this, this mindset of I am worthy, like we said, is the foundation of humility. It's what humility is all about. So here we see Yvarcheno Elokim. Why? Now here it's interesting. It says Yvarcheno Elokim Elokeinu. So here we're adding the Elokeinu. So what, you know, that's adding a beautiful message that when I make Hashem my king, when I recognize that He's mine and that I'm His and that He loves me and that I have value to Him, that's when he's going to send over his blessing. Okay? Yivarcheinu Elokim again. So this is the last Pasuk. Yivarcheinu Elokim. He will bless us. Vayiru also kalafse aretz. And all the nations from all corners of the earth are going to come and they are going to fear him. They're going to see all the goodness that Hashem provides his children, his nation, Am Yisrael with. And they're going to say, hey, if you know if that's what they're getting, we want it too. And they're going to fear Hashem as well. Okay, so... To conclude, in this parak we saw um, who we need to be if we want to be humble. We saw, number one, the attitude of show me, give me knowledge, point me in the right direction, give me the resources, being that, you know, being that person who's able to step back and seek Hashem's guidance and not feeling like I need to be in control and I know it all. That's a huge key in humility. Number two, being centered around others, caring about others, right? Yoducha amim, the nations, right? It's not all, all me, 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 me. I'm exclusive. It's only about me. And number three, this concept of Yevarchenu, right? He's going to bless me, Yechanenu. He will give me the knowledge, the certainty that I am worthy and that, you know, I, I trust in my worthiness. That's really, I have faith in my worthiness, and because of my worth, I know Hashem's going to take care of me and give me everything I want and need. 
And that's very loud and clear in this parak as well. Okay, so as we are heading towards the end of our, you know, Sphira days and into this beautiful Yantav of Shvuas, I want to give us something that we could do every single day to help get in touch with this idea um, to get in touch with our worth and at the same time to get in touch with the fact that it's all a tremendous gift. And I'm going to give you an idea of how to do this. Uh, before I do that, I just want to say the number, you know, before you even do that, just the knowledge of what I gave you today, this new idea that you may not have been aware of. You may have been, but you may not have been. It's always good to hear it again if you were aware of it. This idea of who you are and the appropriate way to view yourself I'm, I see in my, you know, practice that 75% of people's self-esteem issues very often comes from just not knowing that you're allowed to own your worth. That you're allowed, that you're meant to, that you're supposed to, that humility is not about crushing yourself, but humility is about recognizing your greatness. And that's first, right? And once they realize that, it's like a light, light switch goes off in their head because so many people, you know, who are listening to these classes, people who come to me, they want to do everything right. And so if they think that it's wrong to own their value, they're not going to, and it's going to affect their self-esteem. And so I'm seeing that it's really very often, you know, people come and say, wow, it's going to take a lifetime to work on my self-esteem. In one session, right? One hashkafa lesson, right? Sometimes I just need to stop the session and say, okay, we're, we're doing a hashkafa lesson now, right? Um, that's That could be 75% of it. That's a huge piece of it for many, many people. For some people, it's all of it, right? They, they they have no blockages inside. They know they're great, but they're trying to not notice it because they think they're supposed to not notice it, right? So this is a huge piece. So just this idea that we spoke about today, keep yourself centered around it. You could read books to remind yourself. Or Pliskin has a great book on self-esteem. Remind yourself about who you are and what your, you know, what humility really is, okay? That's number one. Okay, but the tool that I want to give you really to take into your life every single day is the tool of being grateful. You know, this gratitude concept is something that we're all doing and it's amazing, but we're usually grateful for things outside of us, which is also important, right? I'm suggesting here that, you know, aside also, in addition to being grateful for the Parnassah and the spouse and the children and the health and all the good things, that we should also start being grateful for our inner resources that we were given for our capabilities, our talents, our skills, all those goodies that Hashem gave each and every one of us um, with which to carry out our mission in this world in becoming our best selves and fulfilling our potential. If we could start noticing those things and thanking Hashem for them, then we could really, that's really what humility is all about, like noticing and thanking for it. So just to give you an example, I was on my way out to give a share recently somewhere and you know I was overcome as I was leaving and saying goodbye to my daughter I was suddenly overcome by like this huge sense of gratitude and I told it to my daughter because I, I very much believe that when we do have a positive thought when we are in a centered place in our mind we should share it with our children because it influences them and it empowers them in their own life to think in good ways so so what did I tell her I said um, I told her, I can't even tell you how grateful I am right now, how lucky and blessed I'm feeling. I could have just as easily been one of the people attending this year, right? Very often I am one of the people attending this year. But Hashem gave me this miraculous ability to be able to give over, to be able to share what I know, to be able to grasp concepts. Imagine all the things Hashem had to 
do for me, to give me all the gifts he had to give me, to be able to get up and speak, to understand, to, to retain knowledge, to be able to give it over, to be able to do it with passion and love, to be able to get people interested in what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different parts about being a speaker. And I get that special gift. I get to connect with people. I get to, I get to share my neshama with people. I get to feel like I'm contributing and influencing and making a difference in the world. I get to feel like I'm using my experiences as a, as a, as something that could really help others. And that's huge. And I'm holding that. I'm holding that gratitude. And that's what really, you know, that, that, that was just the overwhelming feeling that I had in that moment that I shared with her. And I think that that's the crux of what we need to start doing in general more often. I need to do it more often also to, you know, to really own who we are and to bring in the self-image that we need in a stronger way. Um, to really every single day think of something that you're good at, something. Are you funny? Do you have a sense of humor? Are you creative? Are you intuitive? Are you mature? Are you wise? Um, do you have good social skills? What is it, right? Are there midos that come easy to you? Is it easy for you not to scream at your family? Uh, are you a generally positive person? Start noticing those things and thanking Hashem for giving you those beautiful midos and abilities and strengths. I hope everybody here has a beautiful, happy, fun, enjoyable Shavuos and that we could all start really uh, moving more and more into this self-image that we need in order to really become our best selves and live our best lives. Thank you for listening.